Wowzer, wowzer, what a show we are having. I, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm with uh, Kendi D'Souza. I'm not going to do it. Go on. Cruise, go. cruise, I know, I know. cruise, as in ship. I know. I'm just thinking, how many <laughs> variations can I get on this and just <laughs> richly, richly mine this vein of comedy, um, which, I, which I wouldn't do. The Man Whisperer. Ken, uh, Kenny, just before we get on to our next guest, uh, people want to get hold of you, go on. Themanwhisperer.co.uk. Yep. Mensgroups.co.uk. And then there's all that social media stuff that I should be doing, but I don't. I like the way you raise your eyebrows. I was you're waiting for me to say, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's your social media. I should imagine you probably... I pro- bow probably down to help. your authority. I have no, th- no authority whatsoever. <laughs> I can't even control my mini schnauzer, frankly, because <laughs> she runs everything. We, we're, now, there's a, f- an, a theme that's running through today, um, which I put down to no skill of my own and... Uh, uh, say well done James Blake producer to the stars hey. um, who's 20 <laughs> <laughs> when you're 23 and somebody says like that and I just said that to him you know other people go thank you very much not James when you're 23 <laughs> you shove your arms in the air and he's going woo yeah <laughs> get me get me uh, look at me I'm 23 and I know what I'm doing barely I wish I was 23 <sighs> thank, thank god you added, added that <laughs> Aidan Mannion and Pete Hobbs Wearing a very dapper hat. Sorry, you can keep, keep it. That's up, a good please. job. I got a face for radio, though. Hey? I don't know why everyone <laughs> says that. Why does every Why does everybody try that out? I have no idea. I have no idea why. And you're going on after this to meet with. Go on, say it. If I can tell the Maria. Story. Yeah, Maria Kempensky. Kempe- that's the one. Yes. Um, who was responsible for, uh, in the immortal words of Julie Birchall, <laughs> not since Lee Harvey Oswald has one person died in front of so many people when I decided to do stand-up for a television program at her club, John Glue's. <laughs> the worst experience of my professional life. Well, that's only because you haven't come to see me yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm beginning to get that. Anyway, so um, now you guys, what? tell us all about yourselves. And I, 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 want, uh, I want Aiden to kick off. Because you're sitting behind me, so I've got to crank round yeah. in so, a very ungainly way. So I'm a chef who was trained under Jamie Oliver's 15 apprenticeship program. I went there. 15. Really? Yes, I did. When? When? Recently? No, 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 no. When it, ki- when it kicked off, I went there. Right at the beginning. And at the beginning, I thought, yeah, yeah I've got to give this a go. I'll tell you what, it's a shame that it's now finished. So I was actually a part of the last group of apprentices. When did it close? Um, so it closed for apprentices in 2016. It's still open because now. I drove past. I, I drove past it, and I, I said to my partner, "Oh, look! Look, it's all looks looks different, or it's gone." Or yeah, so it's still open now, and like they're still cooking really good food, but it's just they haven't got the apprenticeship program. Why? I think what it was is at the time when Jamie started this, yeah, he didn't have as many places, yeah. so it was kind of like. 18 apprentices are going to get this really like, quality kind of training. And now it's idea. kind of a quantity thing. So yeah. he's, ex- yeah. it was he's terrific, got so many yeah. restaurants. He's kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. put one here, one here, one here, one here. Yeah. And kind of create more. Do you yeah. think you, uh, yeah, it's, it's always a worry when you dilute the brand to that, uh, to that level, I always think. And then you, if you're not really careful quality, I'm not saying it has, Jamie, don't call your lawyers. I'm just saying <laughs> it, is, it is possible that, you know, you've got to keep a stern eye. What was All right. So we've we've had what it was like with Gordon Ramsay, which is great. And, and the Raymond Blanc, Raymond Blanc. What was Jamie like? So Come Jamie on, spill is, the beans. Was he irritating? 
Jamie is a legend. He's a lovely guy. He's a proper family man. Like he makes you feel a part of him straight away. Like you know, like you look at him and you think <laughs> <laughs> you, you look at a big celebrity like that, and it's easy to get really nervous and stuff. Yeah. But he just, you know, he's on your level. He's very down to earth, and he just wants to help. So you were all part How of the team. Refreshing the to hear that. So That's amazing. So see? it wasn't shouting and screaming and no, power no, and not at all. It was don't worry, you can make a mistake. That is life. Uh, but it's just how do you get back up from when you have been knocked down by that mistake? Yeah, it's that's so it, you and know it's so lovely you're, you're saying that because I don't know why I have watched Jamie Oliver since. He was the young kid on the scooter going to get the veg when he kicked the, off the naked shed. The naked shed. Know, I just <laughs> found the program one, one night. I just found that show. And, and I remember saying, I've seen this kid on the TV. He's terrific. I just loved his attitude. And, you know, no one knew that that was going to grow into the Jamie Oliver brand mm. and all the rest. And I, I've never understood, and perhaps Aidan, you, you can explain why, why does he get so much flack? Why, why are people because so he's critical? he's <laughs> Nothing to do with turkey twizzlers at all. <laughs> <laughs> but the joke is, when you, when you see his father talk, you then think, oh, this sounds a bit mockney to me. Does he talk the same way? I know this um, is not relevant. It's just that I'm very nosy about this. <laughs> I mean, for me, he's just a normal kind of Essex, like, almost London-like person, yeah. you know? And he's mm. just... Essex is I, almost London, Dave, I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost, but not quite. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> for me, obviously, I've got that kind of more personal connection with him, but yeah. Yeah, I don't understand why people slate him and stuff. He may have took away our turkey Twizzlers, but only for a good reason, a good cause. Like, it was a good I cause. I just don't know why they say, oh, why don't you <laughs> shut up and stop interfering? I think he's doing that. I think <laughs> what he did was, was absolutely, uh, absolutely admirable. Now, you were in the army. No. You you were yes, in the army. Yes, I was the army Should have guy. guessed with the hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, if you're watching on Facebook Live, you'll get this. If you're not watching on Facebook Live, then you will appreciate that he is wearing a proper flat cap mm. and a tweed jacket. That's got and, and, you know, the whole I was in the <laughs> army routine and the special check, you know, the check shirt. That's great. It's Trying great. to pretend I used to be an officer. You were an officer, I'm presuming. Oh, oh no, I used to work for a living. Communists are everywhere, beware. Oh, yes. Now, so what were you in the army? What were uh, you? I was in the Royal Engineers. So oh. I joined at 19 years old, uh, not quite a boy soldier. Um, and I joined as a bricklayer because I, I wanted to go in and do something that was constructive, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so. You've amused yourself there, Pat. Well, you've you. got to laugh at your own jokes, haven't you? Uh, at least I'm well, guaranteed to get yeah. them on then, at least. Yes. Um, so I've, I've gone in. I've got to stop you. You're 19. Yes. And. Could you have not gone into the building? I'm just curious. You could have gone into the building trade, but you said, no, I want to be in the army. Yeah, so if I'd have took an apprenticeship out, I would have got a low wage. Um, joining the army, you get everything. You get somewhere to live, you get a wage, you get your training, the whole lot. And it was a really good idea for me at the time because it took me away from the environment where I was struggling in. So, And what and struggling in what, in what um, way? I think they call them roadmen today. But um, it's I was a, a troublesome youth, let's put it in inverted commas. Um, and, you know, there, there was two sort of paths for my life to go down, carry on on that one, yeah. or, or take a, a very sharp turn uh, and go in, into the military. And, and I chose a military option. And that was a conscious yes. choice. Yeah. And where did the idea come from? <laughs> so my, my, my nana used to always moan at me and say, you should go in the army because you're never going to do anything out here. Um, and Who was that, just, your nan? Yeah, I think she maybe just said it one one time 
enough. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and it's stuck. Yeah, like, yeah. But so I, I was in Air Cadets as a kid, you know, so there, there was a little bit of something kind of there. Yeah. Oh, Air Cadets. We had Air Cadets at school. Yeah. We had Air Cadets at school, and we had this glider. <laughs> we had this glider which was fired off like a big rubber band. Oh, no. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, they're fired off gliders. To, I'm, I used I'm to watch this. I used to watch this, and it just would crack me up. Because uh, I wasn't, in, and I pull, 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 like, let go, let go, and you think, what the hell's going to happen? It's going to be nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just nothing happened. We had vigilant gliders back in them days, and they they called them vigilance, but they had a motor on the front, and it uh. was only when you got up there that they turned it off. And then you know, we've got. I must have been fourteen years old, tooting along, and he said you can have a go. So I've had a little go. Wow! Know, yeah, what a buzzer! Yeah, 14. but then he's then then he turns the engine off and and. Like it says, listen to that, and all you can hear is the wind whistling, over, wow. just going over the wings, and he stopped the propeller, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like can we just turn that back on, please, mate? <laughs> but no, it was I'm, right I'm going to hazard a guess. Was that when you discovered that adrenaline is brown? No, that was when I, <laughs> <laughs> was when I discovered I was joining the army and not the RAF. <laughs> so, so you're in, in. So, all right, and and you in, you obviously thoroughly enjoyed the army. Yeah, it was really good. It was, it was, it was good. And how long were you in it for? Just under eight years. So that's a, that's a decent time. I, I mean, I've met a, a, a lot of people in the army because um, through when I was with uh, Variety Children's Charity, and then got involved heavily with the uh, Army Benevolent Fund, which is now the Soldiers Charity, and uh, it's something which is very close to my heart. Mm. Um, and then you left, and then what? So I was medically discharged when I left. Um, I had a lot of dislocating shoulders throughout my career, a couple of operations during my career. Uh, the last one that I had on left shoulder to fix it got an inf- infection after the uh, operation had happened and I was out having a drink with my family one day. Um, I like the way you do the little drink motion. Because <laughs> I do you see that? Can I have the bill, please? <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> yeah. But I'm having a drink and um, my little sister turned around to me and she said, your T-shirt's wet. Oh, what are you on about? So I've had a look and the top of my scar, <laughs> it's got a hole in it now. Um, and where all this swelling had happened, it's all started coming out. So there was blood clots, pus and all sorts of horrible stuff just basically gonna, coming would out. Would you just excuse me, everybody? Oh, I'm just going to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> so that was me then um, hot-footed into the hospital and I stayed in there for eight weeks you getting better. Been well freaked out. I was not freaked out. I was just really annoyed. Really? Yeah, because like... You know who gets infected after? Are an you operation just are nowadays. you just saying that, or do you do you mean it? No, I was really genuinely annoyed. I, I felt like I was in prison in the hospital for eight weeks. It was horrible. So you um, were that level-headed about I'll be fine. This is inconvenient. Well, the, the second day of going into the hospital, I actually snuck out of the hospital, went into Cambridge to go and um, it was a prezzo. I went to go and eat lunch in there with my uh, partner at the time because the hospital food was so bad, and um, I, I totally, <laughs> totally not respected this illness. They told me I got septicemia, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'd you know, never really heard of it. So I was like, oh, I'm just going out for well, dinner. Well, if I haven't yeah. heard of it, it doesn't got exist. <laughs> Got back, oh my God, it definitely existed. I was back with a temperature of 41 degrees and I was in a real did, bad way. Did, and I was they, like, I'm going to listen they, to the doctors now. Did they, say, <laughs> did they say, Mr. Hobbs, you're an arse? No, but they were like, you're very lucky to be alive, Mr. Hobbs. Well, that's what, <laughs> that was my version of you're very lucky to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you come out, you've got this horrible thing. and uh, I'm basically whole, an arse on legs. If you say so. Well, and, um, and, then, and then what? What do you do now? So at the moment, I'm, uh, I'm waiting for an operation on my shoulders again because last year, um, I was a lorry driver for nearly 10 years after the army and I had a car accident which made the injury worse. So I ended up losing my job, my house, everything. Oh my God. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I don't do things by halves. So like... Um, How I li- old were you when all of that happened? 
half a year um, younger than I am now. Recently, <laughs> yeah. How can yeah. you be so cool and laughing after that? Happened? Um, sorry, sorry stop. Ago. I'm, 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 I'm trying to catch up here, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, Kenny. Calm you, down. you. <laughs> this happened to you six months ago. Um, yeah, pretty much. So the, the car accident was what? in. August in 2017. Well, the fact that it only happened six months ago shows you just how good back on track charity are. Because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. Like, yeah, because I, that leaves me. I'm sorry, I'm just completely dumbfounded. I thought yeah. you were going to say, well, this happened like you know, no. five, six years ago. No, no, this is very recent. And so I had all of these things, all of these problems around me, and I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it at all. I didn't know what, I didn't know how to deal with it. It was too much to, to deal with for one person. And this is where back on track came along, and and you know they all took right. me to one what side. Is, hang on. So what is back on track? Back on track is everything that you want a military charity to be. So they will take a, a veteran who's struggling. Right. They'll stabilise them, retrain them, um, give them medical treatment psychologically, physically, um, and then put them into re-employment following all that. Um, and is that wow. is that in any way aligned, allied, and I don't know, don't get annoyed with, with, the, with the question, is that anything to do with soldiers? Is it an offshoot of uh, the soldiers' charity? No, or no, help no the heroes? it's, it's totally different. It's totally different. So the way, it, the reason Back on Track was started was uh, one of my friends, he lost both his legs, went to go and have some cosmetic surgery, uh, and he met a doctor, um, Dr. Amara Khan, while he was having his cosmetic surgery. And Dr. Khan saw the state of Mark and was like, do you know what, I want to help this guy. Um, and those two set up the charity, basically, and it came from that. And how long has it been going, roughly? It's got to be four or five mm. sort of years. So, if, I mean, uh, it sounds a truism, but if it hadn't been for them, you would be in a pretty perilous state um, today. It's doubtful whether I'd even be here or not, because, you, you know, well, I challenge anybody to go through all that and not sit and think about whether they want to carry on living or not. Mm. You know, it's yeah. when you're about to lose your house, you've got no income, you've got no body to count on and depend on, and you're just on your own a lot, then... I think it's kind of natural that you're going to think those things and you go into a dark place yeah you do go into a very dark place and you know luckily for me people identified that and I was able to talk to them and and that is the key it's did talking you, did you think about them yeah you do yeah yeah no but did you think about them yeah yeah and how long before somebody I'm going to use the word intervened in its widest sense somebody said you know what Pete let, let's let's talk about this. It felt like a lifetime, but it was probably a few weeks. Um, and it was Mark. Mark rang me, and, and I remember it. The right guy now. who lost his legs. Yeah, yeah. He was the one that referred me to back on track. Um, I mean, I'd I'd actually emailed and asked Help for Heroes um, and the Royal British Legion for help earlier on in the year, and, and? didn't get it. Didn't get it. You didn't. But they've got a lot of red tape in the way their charities work. You see, and this is where Back on Track came in. They gave me a check straight away on the day that I went down to go and see them. They they took all the bailiffs away. They they wow. stopped where the eviction. Where are they based? Where are they based? They're based okay. in London. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I live in Nottingham, so you can see straight away there's there's no demographic limitation to helping somebody either. This could be a veteran on the Isle of Orkney. You, <laughs> you know, you, we're going to help you him. You touched on something which is absolutely key to the reason that Howard Jameson and I set up Men's Radio Station, which is uh, I don't know, it's, Kenny lives and breathes this, the importance of talking. Yes, mm. yes, talking about things is it's the biggest release that you can get, but then also if you don't talk about it, it's going to continue to eat you up inside yeah. and then you're going to find yourself retreating further inside yourself because you feel alienated more and more by this information or this problem that's eating you up and the more that it eats you up, the bigger that problem then feels, which yeah. then becomes more of a barrier for you to talking about. 
because you know yesterday it was a small thing today it's 10 times bigger even though yeah. it's the same problem so yeah. i think talking about things early is really really important even if it's difficult i mean come on we've all done Especially difficult things before difficult. but do you know what telling somebody something like that yeah. takes all the weight off your shoulders Why and then you can help do men find it so hard to talk i don't know but i found it difficult to talk because i felt like everybody expected me to be perfectly fine as I am you know I, I feel like everybody expects as a, yeah no not just as a soldier as a man as a person everybody expects you to have your life and house in order um, in every aspect nowadays and if you haven't it's very very easy to go on social media and see somebody who has and you can do that yeah. within two seconds yeah. that is now, fake that's so sorry I have a big thing against social media I, I run fake. my own social media fake. and it is to a degree fake because no, when you go on social media and you see someone with the perfect house with the big smile yeah. that's just the image they're showing you but if they're an influencer and it's their job to influence you they're doing their job pretty well well, the totally, Kard but the it's Kardashians. Just, I'm talking about normal they people. They are people. <laughs> born yeah, fit tees and everything else like that. It's a, so it's a nightmare. It what, really is. What was it about the way that people listened to you when you started talking that made you able to talk? So, once you get into that initial conversation with somebody, and you'll be sat thinking about, you know, you've got something on your mind. Once, once you make eye contact with somebody after you've started talking about that, yeah, it. It takes away all of those horrible feelings inside the shame, um, the embarrassment, and, and the worry of whether you're going to be accepted by this person for talking yeah. about something that's obviously difficult, you know. And and I think that is it's it's, it's that that moment there where you, you realise actually you're not alone anymore, and 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 that can be a big problem for so, a lot of men. So how do you know? How do you two know? How do you know uh, Aiden? So <laughs> Aiden's um, a pretty special guy. So. Going back to the social media thing, um, when I came out of the army, I used social media as a tool to try and help me get better by doing um, food reviews, um, recipes and things like that, cooking and stuff. Right. Built myself a little community by doing it and, and um, Aidan had seen through Back on Track my Instagram page and he was like, do you know what, this guy looks like he's got a bit of a talent here so I'm going to see if we can get in touch and, and try and help him out and and that's basically how we, we came to meet. And yeah, <laughs> you wow. So you just made, made a connection you felt that you had something in yeah. common. You made a connection and just decided to bring it alive. Yeah. yeah. Well, Aiden, Aiden wants to pass it forward, and yeah. It was like it was like <laughs> literally a connection. Yeah. It was like energy. It was like I can sit there and talk to people about food and stuff, and then like they look at me as if I'm crazy. Yeah. What is he talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a tomato. It's no, it's just a tomato. Look at the veins <laughs> in it. What <laughs> <laughs> Pete but, actually but, understands and he yeah. appreciates, and like we actually do genuinely have a long conversation about a tomato. Ingredients are everything, and we know. enjoy it. Wow. And and like we're saying with men, it, it is an issue with speaking up. I find another issue is also as men listening. So a lot of the time, men are trying to speak up, while other men are not kind of interpreting it in the right way and then we're exactly. not understanding each other so yeah. like f for someone like Pete and someone like myself where I had Jamie Oliver and he had back on track yeah sometimes we just need somebody to listen to yeah listen yeah. to us understand us and we will go where we want to go and I would say that the thing that people seem to automatically try and do is fix or maybe laugh or ridicule because it's like I'm not going to go there I that's, can't manage this exactly so I'll belittle it. it and run away mm -hmm. and I think it takes an aware man or courage to know that part inside of himself to be able to sit with you and be with that part with you because if I'm not going to feel it with me 
then I'm not going to be able to make that eye contact with yeah. you and you're not going to be able to open up. And having that that sacred safe space and it's not fixing, it's not therapy, it's not religious, it's just real. Yeah. That is worth its weight in gold. Whether it's the veins on the tomatoes <laughs> or the wound in your heart or the, the crap going around in circles in your mind, it's like it needs to be met. Hang on a minute. Who told him I had a heart? Aiden. <laughs> Aiden, I want to continue this in a serious level just as I go up to the ad break. Why are beetroots so horrible? Oh, oh God! No, no, I'm no, sorry. This is you. no, just a minute. It's a question. I'm sorry. You've if I'm surrounded by almost broken chefs, my heart by saying that. Like, Aiden, could you make me beat through? It didn't want to just make me, you know, run out the rest. Yes, you can. <laughs> totally. My favourite dish that I had on the menu last year was yeah. beetroot smash. Yes. And the whole idea, what, like, I can't believe you're saying this to me. Well, honestly. Aiden, I'm <laughs> throwing down. Our first day I'm in the kitchen I'm together, I'm mate. That beetroot. Yeah, with the ravioli. With the, oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> 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 All right. Real men talk beetroot. I will make you a beetroot wellington. A beetroot wellington. So instead Ooh. of a beef wellington, yeah. we do a beetroot. I was just beginning yeah. to like How you. About that? I was wow. just beginning to like you as well. <laughs> we'll be right back with this in-depth beetroot conversation in just a sec. <laughs> You're listening to Russ Kane on... Radio Station. Boom, and we're back, and I've been thoroughly castigated for my views on beetroot. I'm obviously beetroot-phobic, <laughs> or whatever the new buzz phrase is. Um, we're on Facebook Live. Loads of you uh, looking in, making little comments and stuff like that. Thank you so much. Or if you want to call us, here is the fabulous call-in number. 0203 You don't think that was made in France, would you? 0203 one that is the number. My special guest today, Aiden Mannion and Pete Hobbs. Pete Hobbs has got to dash off in mm, about thirteen minutes. Thirteen. I know. I'm minutes. in demand today. Well, you say that. <laughs> um, it's only today. So now, what are you? <laughs> yes, just, just today. Rest of the week. Absolutely yeah. nothing going on. So, what are you two? What What are you two up to? Have you Have you Ooh. formed something? Have you oh got yes. What's <laughs> <laughs> formed like Voltron? And we're <laughs> no. So we've got um, we've got a plan to do some more cooking together. Um, and take over the world, basically. But okay. first off, we're going to do a Bunsen burner up. would be the first stop. Then, <laughs> yeah. you know, a little primer stove and build from That's there. It. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Wait, are you really are you going to open a restaurant? What's the idea? So, so at the moment, we're going to host, hopefully within the next month, at Mill and Brew in Mill Hill, which is where I work at the moment. We're going to host Wait a, a pop-up night. Wait a minute, Mill Hill? Yeah. Mm. Where I only lived for 19 years. <laughs> no where is, you yes, coming to you dinner? You must come yeah. for brunch yes, in the sorry, morning. Where, sorry, where is I don't live in there. Where is this? But thank you. I would have, I would have been there every day. I don't know. <laughs> Timing, ladies and gentlemen. For the beat <laughs> Moving on. Mm. What, seriously, what, where, where is it in Mill Hill? So literally just outside of Mill Hill Broadway. So a two-minute walk from the station, literally. All right, I know Mill Hill Broadway We was station, a successful like... coffee shop before called Fratelli. Which You've taken now... over Fratelli? <laughs> no, no, it's the same owner. It's the <laughs> no, same owner. You've no, no, taken no, no, my because, Fratelli. No, because Fratelli, I, I tell you why, boys, because that's where I'd have my coffee every morning yeah. after I did the school run, drop the kids in lodges on the train. They'd get the train <laughs> off from Mill Hill Broadway, and I'd think, oh, God. Right, so I'd go in, 
and uh, and join what was called the Cane Coffee Collective, or with K's, obviously. Fratelli on Mill Hill Broadway. Yeah. What's it called now? Is this not Fratelli? So we're called Mill and Brew now. Mill and it's the and same Brew. owners we've just brought in the kitchen. Have you? Yeah. So you're there, you're there all the time? I'm not, not there all the time. Aiden is. That is so... That is well, we were like meant to be here today, and obviously, is that not we? sixty, Kenny? Is that <laughs> Kenny, that is six degrees of separation. I had no idea. Full cycle, the, hey. the, the, I'm is, just picturing well, it. And your head chef, though. Yeah, that's, that's really well, something. How old are you? That's right. Twenty-two. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Finally, yeah. someone so James, younger. Than <laughs> so, uh, James, James, let's just review what we've learnt today. <laughs> Beetroot, uh, Aiden, no pressure. Aiden, <laughs> Aiden is twenty-two. Is the Head chef. Yes. Okay. Uh, we had Dan coming in earlier, who at 26 was running an empire. No, he was with... Uh, Gordon Ramsay. He got Pete uh, at 32 um, with nothing. So <laughs> he was on, with supermodels on the beaches of Brazil. Precise. Could have been everything. Well, that's, that's <laughs> my, I don't Funny how you remember I, different I don't, aspects I don't of his life. Rude, but that is my idea of running an, <laughs> um, running an empire. It doesn't get much better than that. He was running the Victoria's Secrets empire. <laughs> so, um, you know... Much to take away from today. <laughs> Much at 22, 23. I've still got, well, actually, no. What? Younger than me. I've, I've, run, young, out, look, I've run out of time. You've run out of time if you wanted to be head chef at what was uh, the artist formerly known as Fratelli. So you're, th- how's it changed? Go on, go on, tell me. Um, so we built a kitchen onto the side and we put up like a bit of a divide. So we still have got the coffee shop and yeah. then we've got the restaurant. So people can come in and it's like, if you do want, just, just have a coffee, maybe a slice of cake. You can sit that side, mm. but if you do want to come mm. in and have a nice, you know, big brunch, ravioli with some beetroot, or yeah, <laughs> come in soon. Um, oh, yeah. We have got you know the restaurant type of service in the back, so we offer both both types of oh, service. So the place has matured. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've gone to the next level. Wow, and it's but all about you know healthy, organic, hearty foods, well. but made. In the best way that we can so you may just come in for an eggs on toast yeah but we've got the best quality eggs that i've sourced from cornwall and the best quality sourdough that i can find and i'm still trying to find more and you know that kind of ethos do you do gluten-free yes 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 I'll Look, gluten-free there. porridge our porridge i'm sure it's the best in london i'm yet to find a better one mm. and if you do know any out there let me know because mm. i, I want to taste it i'll tell you something that men's radio station i think is beginning to show and as i said we're only in week week five but the reaction has been just Incredible, half a page in the Sunday Times today, mm. um, which is you know, really yeah half a page. Wow, nice. half, full half page. <laughs> that um, one of the things is that's coming up. Like Aiden, you're 22, and all our other guests today, passion, yeah, absolute passion and determination. Mm. And people go, oh, you're lucky, and I always say, yeah, the harder you work, the luckier you get. It's mm. a very old <laughs> saying. But, you know, you're 22 years old. Your passion, when I was just, you know, ribbing you about the beetroot thing, the way you, you were immediately, no, seriously, you can yeah. say, well, screw you, yeah. what do you know? But you didn't. And the passion you have for your food and the energy and everyone who's come in, yeah. it's amazing. I don't, that's you know, the, the one there's thing. There's another thing as well. There's passion, but there's also purpose. And you clearly are passionate about yeah. your purpose. Like, I, I remember a time not long ago where I was eating smiley faces out of the freezer <laughs> daily. <laughs> you know? So your I, problem I with that is, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so so now I feel like if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. We just need. But that's that it, though. Help in that's hand. exactly it. And, and like you say, with passion, 
Pete has that passion. Yeah. And us two together, it's just, it's, it's crazy passion. It just works, doesn't it? It just you works. Just in so, the kitchen, you, it's you, so you guys are going to do a, uh, I, I got overexcited at the Fratelli memories. Yeah. The, you're going to do a pop-up? Yes. yes. Supporting back on track, basically. Um, so it's a, a, a paying homage to the guys that have all helped us out. Uh, and that's going to be at the... At Mill and Brew. Yes. Mill and yeah. Brew. It's going to be Pete's menu, which he's designing. Right, mm. and, and, uh, and I'm going to help him execute it. Yeah, man. On when, the night. When, 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 when? We haven't story. got a date tied down yet. Um, there, there's a lot of other things going on in my life with treatment and things like that, and appointments and stuff that I have to go to. So, we've been doing that. Well, we're back on track, Harry. I don't want to be repeat. I don't want to be rude. But, but are we going for the end of Feb, sort of around there? 20, yeah, February the 29th. Oh, that's yeah. soon. I'm, we're yeah. thinking Pete, maybe we're 29th like, of Feb. The problem is, you March, see, early March. the problem is 29th this. of Feb. There's nobody coming on to Peter. Peter. <laughs> 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 Check them out. They just sail onto their own bus. They're not even listening no, they, to they, how they rude these young people Peter, are. I don't want to be rude to you, but what basically your treatment for your various serious, very life-threatening illnesses <laughs> are getting in the way between between me and obviously a great dinner or lunch. So mm. would you get well soon, please? Yes, because frankly, you are not good enough. Not because I care about your health, but I do care about going to the Mill and Brew, obviously yeah. for this pop-up and support. I love this back on track. And how's it spread? How's it spread? Uh, the, the people get like to know about butter, it. Basically, that's how effortlessly it's spreading. You know, mm. soft butter on a nice sourdough toast. It's just going everywhere. Yeah. I'm on a duck. Could you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, I'm really am. So, really, I'm on a seafood diet. Just uh, seafood, seafood diet. Yay! Yeah. 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 Do you know? Are what's, you really going to see the Queen of Comedy after this oh, show? Yeah. God yeah. Almighty! Don't go do, teach her a few things. Please don't do that routine. <laughs> please, I'm begging you. Now. It's a very short conversation you'll have with her. She doesn't take prisoners. Um, no, she really doesn't. Um, so the the charity. Uh, I mean. How are you getting the word out? Because obviously it's turned your life around. Oh, massively. Yeah, it has massively turned my life around. So going forward, there'll be things like the back on track pop-up event that we're going to do. Um, just, it's just the one day you're going to No, do? we're going to be doing more of this. Um, so that's to kick things off. Yeah, so there's all other things. I want to do fundraising events where I can go out and, and cook. So there's um, a sausage company uh, called Powters based in Newmarket in Suffolk. Um, yeah. And I used to live in Suffolk. I settled there after I came out of the army and then moved back to Nottingham after a relationship failed. But... They have just expanded their business didn't and they're fail. available just in Nottingham. Work, didn't just, just didn't work out. Didn't fail. Or maybe oh, it no, worked it out spectacularly. for a time. No, 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 no. This was like fireworks and the mm. whole, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kenny and I were really trying to be nice. <laughs> you know, I did say in, earlier, in, I don't in, do things in, by in, halves. In, ra in, in, in radio, sometimes you just throw out a life belt and say, <laughs> yeah. grab onto that fella. And pull your no, forget it. All right, all right. It was it was a disaster. It was it's no good. And all right, okay. So it's it's spread. I'm really pleased it's spreading because to see you, and um, and I hope you're not putting on an act because you really do. If I was putting on an act, then I'd be off to the BBC for a job. This is me. This is what what you see is what you get. And you know, thanks to back on track. And what's huge for me is there's so much in the press about ex-servicemen, homelessness, depression, yep. suicide, yep. and it sounds like this is a, this is a sorted story. Yeah, and it needs to be passed on. Yeah, for sure. How how can it be passed on, and how can people find out, and how can people support? Because this is a solution that needs attention and needs to grow. Okay, so back on track, charity. Um, have got an Instagram page you can get on on Instagram we've all got that nowadays 
Um, oh. Same with Facebook. Okay, it's all right. available on there. Um, so and people just can check just, out. Just, is it one word, back on track? Back on track, yeah. Back on track charity. Okay. Um, and you can get on there. You can see what's happening. Um, there will be events in the future. Like every year we do a massive... It's a go kart race, basically. We get Ooh. celebrities that come down to Bookmore Park, Ooh. and we have we have. This is the, this is where I got Rumble. the good news that they were helping me last year, um, and that was down at Bookmore Park, and there was loads and loads, hundreds of people, hundreds, and and there's a charity auction at the end. Towards the end of it, they're auctioning off lots of nothing for a hundred quid, and people are buying them, and it's great, the atmosphere and everything yeah. else, and it's all just to help people. Like, like myself, basically. Did you stay in touch with your uh, friends that you made in the army? Do you know, it's a, I'm probably not the only person that's only kept in touch with a couple. Mm. And, I, and I think that, that right. is... But, you know, because we're always told, especially when we had our previous guest was talking about, you know, working in the, in, in the kitchen, is that you're there with your mates and you can't mm. let each other down. I always thought you'd kind of be bonded. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I've never been are. in the army, so I don't, I don't know. You are to a degree, but I think... You know, I've got a guess on this now. Um, but I would t say it's probably because people have not got their mates around them anymore. So you can't turn around and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm all right. If if something's not all right, you're not going to go to your mate because he'll know. He knows you better than anybody. Mm. So you can't, if you're not feeling 100%, you're not going to go and talk to him. Because so he'll is know it like you'll hide it? Yeah, you yeah you sit and hide it. Massively. Why do you hide it? Why do you? Because you're ashamed of it. And and, and so this it's is about thing, shame. Like, yeah, it is. It all boils down to the same few basic human emotions. You know, like if you don't want somebody to know something about you, yeah. why? Yeah. And and that is because you're going to be embarrassed or ashamed. Now, if you can if you can get rid of that, this that then enables huge... you to talk about anything. So how, anything. How do we get rid of it? Or how could you have been met differently? So your shame um, didn't come in the way for so long. This is such an important issue for me. Well, this is going to sound really, really quite simple, but you just count to three and do it. Is, is yeah. to be honest, I like, like, I, like it. Something that I've used while I've been skiing, looking down a slope that's so steep. Um, what was it that you said that was brown earlier? Adrenaline. Yeah, adrenaline came out. <laughs> oh! <laughs> this is going to really... Bloke show or but what? Though, but at that moment in time, you sit Never there and you're like, show. one, two, three, and you just go. And, yeah. you know, there, there comes a point in your life where you just... You get to a, you, you get to this point, you're like, oh, I've had enough of feeling like this. I've genuinely had enough of feeling like this. My life can't go on like this anymore. What am I going to do? And... You just have to do something at the end of the day, and and you know, luckily for me, I found the strength to speak out. Right. And now I've got the strength to tell other people to speak out, and and so, you have to speak out. You just nothing's going to get better if you don't speak about it. That's so it. So fair to say that at some stage, for some reason, you thought, right, I can't think about this anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't fix it, yeah. and this is just like the bottom line. So right now three two one open mouth and stuff comes out and that's where it changed yeah. although in my case Simple on that thing. day it was one two three answer the phone because mark was calling and he, right. he tried ringing me six times before right. i picked it up um, and this wow. is a man who lost both his yes. legs yep he lost both i mean legs. if this story and if the stories that we've listened to today slack jawed really because they've been quite extraordinary uh and not inspirational uh, and not in that touchy feely you know way which I can't bear but genuinely these are real you know people coming in here are real people these are real stories we don't make any of it up and it, they, they're they amazing you know you sit back and you think that's incredible it is incredible that your friend Mark having lost both mm. 
both his legs, and he could have well. I don't know him at all. He went and smashed a arm bike around the whole of New Zealand the other week. He did a what? He smashed an arm bike. Around the mean. whole of New Zealand. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, smashed as in road. Yeah, yeah, road, road the whole thing. <laughs> 1,500 kilometres around New Zealand. really angry, around. exactly. <laughs> no, no, I mean... It's or creative. Let's no. make a sculpture he out smashed of this bike. I, <laughs> I, 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 I actually <laughs> thought, you know, it's interesting where we go with when you said he smashed I honestly thought he must have just picked up a bike <laughs> and, and thrown it yeah. at something. Sorry, Again, Mark. that says <laughs> probably more about me than it does about yeah. you. So yeah. here's a question through all of that and all the thinking. Okay. Did the thinking actually help? Did you work anything out or was it just like... A distraction to try and survive or something. Thinking is your worst nightmare. You really? can think about things too much. It depends on the way that your brain is wired, though, I guess, because like you have overthinkers, you have thinkers, um, you have compulsive thinkers, and as well, you know, yeah. And, and for me, I'll sit and overthink all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But if you sit and think on anything for too long, that's a problem. I yeah. think overthinking. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people overthink the problem. And, but there's and a reason why. Go you on. know, we're as well, humans, cautious. we don't like not knowing the answer to stuff. Yeah, that's what, why science and religion are a thing. My you overthinking <laughs> helped me pretend that I was in control when mm. I wasn't, and I was second guessing yeah. and managing the fantasies of my second guessing, and it was just a different, dark, dangerous world. It is crazy, mm. massively so. <laughs> <laughs> and, on, and, on, and then on that light oh, note, yeah. now you've got to go off, haven't you? I have. I've got to go and meet the Queen of Comedy. Um, so, so give her my give her my very best. I will do. And one day I will forgive her. <laughs> probably, probably not today. Um, it's, you've got to go now, haven't you? Because it's um, qu quarter two. You said. Well, you she's, she's moved. She's moved around to a different location now. It was originally going to be in the Groucho, but she's she's uh, just around the corner. I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was looking forward to going in there because it's an invite-only place, and I was like, yeah, just yeah, check me out. Going to a look at you though. Yeah. You're well dapper. I'm dressed for it. Dapper <laughs> as. Whoa. Ooh, nearly swore on the radio. <laughs> so, 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 so we've got you a bit longer then, have we? Um, or are you no, dashing you can have me for a couple more minutes. I a guess. couple more yeah. minutes. No, I was going to break there, so that's where I'm going to break it. All right, and then I'm then I'm going to deal with Aiden because Aiden's going to sit there <laughs> next. Yeah, next. <laughs> next. Or, or in, in a, well, I'm afraid that's all the time we have this week. Uh, if you'd like to see my receptionist and make another appointment, I will do. All right, I'll make sure that we bring the beetroot next time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. blood foods. Yes, Dad, uh, Pete Hobbs. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you very much thank for you. coming in. Just Excellent broke, broke my hand up. there. Thank you very much. You come and sit oh. in here, young fellow. Oh, oh yeah. Right. You're out now. Oh. How cool go. is this? There's a message from Alan Samuels. Another fantastic show. Super informative guests. That That's you lot. And good to see the station logo is no longer inverted. It wasn't inverted. It was just a slightly different perspective. Alan, I think the problem was that... Uh, we're stupid. And, <laughs> and, and, and basically, that, that it was the technical. Re I was looking at it, just like you did, Alan Samuels, uh, who knows, I believe, uh, the brew. Was it Bean? What's it called again? Millen Brew. The, uh, Alan, you'll know the Millen Brew. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's your hood. That's your hood. <laughs> and um, what's your hood? St. John's hood. And, uh, you'd be, and I was looking at the, the going through the uh, repeat of, of Facebook Live, and I'm thinking, what, what the hell? Have I gone like bonkers or are all the signs back to front and I thought who can I blame Phil Dave I just blame Phil Dave because Phil's in <laughs> Phil's in Sicily we can blame him for anything I, bl I blame him for Brexit <laughs> I blame him for anything right enough of my right, right. Aiden 
Aidan Mannion, uh, you're 22, you're head chef at somewhere, and you're full of ambition. That's full right. of ambition. When did you realise you that like cooking was your passion? Um, it was come to the ages of about 18. I turned 18, and you get to the age where you start cooking for yourself a little bit more. And I had a person around me who was studying in college at the time. Yeah. So we had we kept having little chats about food, and then it kind of inspired me to go home and you know cook for the family. Like mm. I wanted, to, I saw him cooking for the family, kind of thing. I was okay. I want to try that. So that's what happened. And then I went and got a part-time job whilst I was studying. So I was in Toby Carvery, um, just pot washing. Hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I was running home from school and I was running to Carvery and I was quickly pot washing. I was running home to get back up for the morning. Um, and then you see this, this, this again, this again, when everyone, two things. One, everyone says, oh, kids today, they're so lazy, blah, blah, blah. You're 22. Look, mm. you, look what you've done. Look at your attitude. Mm. But just broadening that out, just for a second, because your story is frankly fascinating, but what, th just broadening it out, it's that if you don't have that drive, wh why do you assume things are going to plop in your lap? They're not. Exactly. I mean, there's just too many people are waiting around and, you know, expecting something to be given to them. Yes. For yes. me, it was you have to go and take the opportunity. So I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I was at Toby Carvery. I was pot washing and I was watching the person carving the meat. Mm. And I was thinking, oh, that's a nice job up there. Like, he's got it nice. He's, you know, centre of attention, yeah, yeah, yeah. talking to the customers. Yeah. I'm in here scrubbing the grease. So I came in on my day off and they kind of said, what are you doing here? You're off. It's your day so off, I said, mate. I want to learn. I want to so carve initiative. the meat. Wow. And that it's was like it. They all, kind of said, they all kind of said, wow, wow. And do, you so know, but do you know how rare that is? But the, for me, I kind of, I don't know why. It's not I, rare for you. It was but normal it for me. You so just followed your heart. Rare. If you want something, your you curiosity. have to go and take it in life. Like, that's yes. what I learned. I, wasn't, I didn't grow up in, a, in an environment whereby, oh, I fancy doing this. And my parents could say, yeah, here, go for it. So yeah. you didn't have It wasn't like that. that. So I knew. Where were you brought up? Uh, just in Edgware. Oh, you were local, okay, but you know, I mean, I just always had that mentality: you have to work for it, you have to work hard. Mm. But so many people, and I'm not going to fall into the trap. Of so many young people, so many people, full stop, just think that it's you know when when uh, my partner and I were in management of 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 acts in the music industry, you know, would be somewhere and like people would just come. Oh, hello, here you, you were yeah, we've got a management company. Oh, make us famous. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I would turn around, it'd be at a party or whatever it was, and I'd get, make you famous as what? Well. Don't care as long as I'm famous. <laughs> but it's like and you I'd can't say push bye, a car uh, up a hill, can you? Like, yeah. I, I need ridiculous. you to be. It's like, what do you want to be? I'd say, what do you want to be famous as? A, you know, as a doctor, as a surgeon, as an airline pilot? What do you want? I just want to be famous. <laughs> and it's, I just I want to get paid to go to clubs, right? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to be paid to, like... Um, what See, like, I am aware I had a very lucky, like, opportunity with the Jamie Oliver 15 apprenticeship. Like, it was a how different did you kind see of thing. How, how did you come across it? So I actually heard of somebody who had done it previously. And then when my cooking passion started to grow, that kind of came back around. I said, oh, let me apply for that. Because mm. I thought... If That's I do want, great. this was my mentality as well. It's like I wanted to learn cooking, and I thought, let me go and learn it the best that I possibly could. Mm. Let me go to the highest chef that I know, like Jamie Oliver, and and that's how I feel with people. So yeah, I did get lucky with my opportunity, but I feel like in life in general, if you wash cars or if you clean plates, if you peel potatoes, whatever you do, if you do it to the best of your ability, yeah. one day you will get to that job where you actually want and. 
naturally you'll do it to the best of your ability. And surely with an attitude like that, you're showing up to life as your best and allowing life to meet you and take you forward. And it's almost like, here's one of my cheap lines, giving energy to what you want to grow. Exactly. Rather it's than giving energy to what you want to go. So why Say that again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's giving. <laughs> no, I heard it. I heard it. I just want you to explain it. So what you did was give energy to what you want to grow, which is learning a craft, a trade, following your curiosity, rather than so many people give energy to, I'm a victim because, or this isn't working because. Why give energy why to what you want to go? Why is it always somebody else's fault? Always somebody else's mm. fault. Why can people not? The real bee in my bonnet is that if you, if you screw up or something's wrong, just accept it. Exactly. I made a mistake. You know, put your hand up, and people will get over it. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'm that sort of guy. If I've messed, if I've, I don't know, I've, um, I've burnt an egg. Mm-hmm. Then tomorrow I'm making sure I don't burn an egg again. You learn from and, the egg, and I will highlight it to my boss. Look, I have. Mm. Correcting myself, but not only it's for so my boss. Weird that you're there. It's I for me. Like, every morning. <laughs> it's so weird. Like for me, like you know, if you, for example, if you, you have cut a corner at work, you know, yeah. doesn't matter if your boss didn't know, uh, notice. But you, you know. know. So yeah. for your self-esteem, for your confidence, do it to the best of your ability, and you just naturally self respect And I find it, it's not just in work. Now it becomes a positive lifestyle. Yeah. And as well, if you don't Ooh. cut those corners, you get, um, you're more confident. You know what I mean? Exactly. When you cut those corners, you're like anxious. You're like, oh crap, what if they find out I've done this? Do you know what I mean? Whereas exactly. if you just do your job yeah. and you do it to the best of your ability, you give it the right energy, you're confident and you there will be um, reward. And why come from fear and selling out in yourself when you can come from love and exactly. let life lead the way? And that that was, so the Jamie Miller philosophy, you love your food, you know, you put yeah. love into it. And that's exactly that's what I've done. True. And now you put love into I, life. i got a question. Everything you do. You're talking about that. It reminds me, if I'm in a rubbish mood, and I, I love cooking, joking aside, I, I always love cooking. Uh, it's a joy. I love doing the shopping. I like doing the I, I just enjoy the processes. And sometimes I'm doing something a bit more that's going to take time. I'm looking forward to it all day. I'll, be, I'll yeah. work like a demon and at the end of the evening, blah, blah, blah. If you're in a lousy mood or you're tense, it totally affects your cooking or not. Definitely. Mm. So if you're... Thank God you said that. I if, it was you're, just me. <laughs> if you're in like even a little bit of an unorganized environment in the kitchen, you start to see that transfer onto your plate. Yeah. So like it's very, I've been in really? kitchens where I, I've got two tickets on and I'm cracking on and the chef said, stop what you're doing and clean. I'm, well, I've got two tickets on. Yeah. I've got clean. Because yeah. once you once you clean and you get organized, everything starts to fall into then place. It flows. It flows. And then is it more like love food rather than panic? Yeah, exactly. Foods? If you're at work constantly panicking because you've got you know someone in your ear shouting, you're no good. You don't want people you, to eat that. Yeah, like what 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 have you been doing? Are you awake over there? Like that kind of mentality mm, belittling you. Horrible. You don't enjoy your job. Whereas if somebody's saying, "Chef, that's a perfect yeah. scallop or whatever it is." Just like that next time. Yeah. You go, all right, watch yeah. me next time. And you naturally, come right. on, bring like the you, t- t- you want to rise to the challenge, don't you? Yeah, of course, instead of course. Of, instead of when they put you down, you think, oh, I can't ever make a scallop. You maybe think, you're right, yeah, maybe I won't cook yeah. scallops no more. Mm. Whereas if you, you know. Isn't it terrible, though, how we can let people who should have no influence over our lives, it comes down to money, I get that, influences so heavily. I mean, you should be able to turn around and say, you know, please don't talk to me like that. I'm doing my best. I want to do better. Can you be constructive? I love constructive criticism. If somebody says, can I just say so-and-so, mm. right? It's constructive. I do, um, I do a one-man show, which is coming up again 
in a few weeks, right? And so when I get, I, I preview it to a couple of close friends, and when they do that, as well as I know them, they're, you know, that it's very constructive criticism. They yeah. know what they're doing. They don't sit there and go, you're rubbish. You're lucky like, you, you've you, got you, people you, like this who know how, because so many people don't have the language, don't have the perspective, don't have the depth. And maybe if they were marinated in uh, a negative, toxic environment, then maybe that's all they've got to pass on. It's that's like we their were saying about reaction. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like we were saying about parents. They can't share what they didn't have. And it sounds like you can turn it around. And when there's like toxic stuff around, you know how to turn it because of you've been through the experience with Jamie Oliver, that you can turn it into a nice environment, even if it's your chopping board and make magic out of it rather than do it hard and do it rough and you know then people have to eat that toxic stuff <laughs> you can't digest that <laughs> <laughs> isn't it interesting though here we are five weeks into the into the station and we've always had already had proteges of, of jamie oliver sitting right here and mm. gordon ramsay it's fantastic uh, it, it's uh, for me it's an absolute thrill because these people alone apart from the guests being fascinating these are people that who i've I've looked up to and admired for what they've achieved because yeah. running restaurants is one of the hardest games, surely. I mean, it's really because it, it's like so many things in life. You're only as good as your last meal. And you're in a, a you, you live I mean, uh, Mill Hill, northwest London. It's a very critical area. Oh, if yes. you get it right, Definitely. if you get it right, <laughs> people will come back and go, oh, yeah. and it's word of mouth. Oh, yeah. I went there and, you know, Aiden, wow, that chef is they've got this young guy, this Aiden, yeah. he's got a touch, you've got to go and it's the thing. Well, I went there and it was God, it was awful. Or, or you know, mm -hmm. boom. You know, you're dead you're dead in the water. So I understand that pressure. You don't feel that pressure, you just do it like because you're enthusiastic. I I feel the pressure, of course. Like it's such a high pressured environment, you mm. have to feel that pressure. If you don't, like something's up with you. But it's about manifesting that pressure into the right way. So like 